Welcome to Foundational You with Dr. Dean Hackett, the home of biblical teaching and cultural impact. We are so glad that you joined us for today's podcast. You can find out more about Dr. Dean, read his blog, and find more episodes at fdeanhackett.com. Now for today's episode. Welcome to Foundational You. I'm Dr. Dean. It is great to have you join me today in this podcast. And we're going to be continuing this subject that we were talking about last time regarding understanding the times and seasons. Just as it is important for us to understand the times and seasons that we're living in the natural, such as, wow, it's springtime, we need to get out and, and get the flower beds ready and start working with the lawn or you know what, it's, it's wintertime, we better get, the, better get the snow shovel out and get ready. Just as it's important for us to understand the seasons naturally, we need to understand the spiritual seasons because Almighty God has spiritual seasons that He has set that's in the context of the eternal. As the natural seasons are within the context of the earth, and the rotation of the earth and the sun and the moon as, the, as those, those seasons are uh, those things which affect us in our natural human life. God wants us to understand there are times and seasons that while they take place here on earth, they are outside of time and space. They're in the context of the eternal. They have eternal consequence. They have eternal significance. And Jesus talked to his church and wants the church to understand the times and seasons in the spiritual realm so that we know how we should be uh, behaving in regard to the times and seasons. What should the church be doing? What should I be doing as a son and daughter of God? How should I be living in view of the time and season in which we're living? What should my behavior be? What should my objectives be? What should be the, how does that affect my purpose and my destiny? All of these things are significant in light of the spiritual times and seasons. And so we looked last time at Matthew chapter 24 at the first 14 verses, and we discovered that Jesus gave to us three sets of sign markers, all of them that lead into the next one. The first one he said, the end is not yet. These are the beginning of sorrows. These are the birth pangs of sorrows. And just as the natural birth pangs of a woman in labor, they'll start out at 30 minutes, 20 minutes apart, and maybe kind of light, and yet it's there. And then all of a sudden, they're up to 10 minutes apart and they're getting stronger and, and closer together. And then five minutes, now they're a lot stronger and a lot closer together. Then two minutes, they are really, really strong and really close together until finally they're one on top of another, on top of another, and they're just heavy pushing in that baby in the birth canal being born. Jesus said to you and I that there are things like that in the spiritual, that there are sign markers that are going to be taking place on this earth that are going to be in the spiritual realm, sign markers that were in labor pains leading to the last days. 
and they'll get closer and they'll get stronger. Things like false Christs rising up, wars and rumors of wars, nations rising against nations. Then there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be epidemics and these things. He said, but these, the end is not yet. These are the beginnings. But then these are going to lead into persecutions going to come. They're going to persecute you. They're going to think that they're doing good by arresting you. And you're, you're going to have sons and daughters even turning against their parents. And, and the love is going to wax cold because, because the, the, the culture is going to become more and more sexualized, more and more violent, more and more evil. And, and natural love is going to suffer rigor mortis. And, and, but then he said, but not only that, but then the gospel is going to go around the earth and then the end will come. So these birth pangs are going to get stronger and stronger and they're going to lead into these other things because they're going to lead up to the end. They're going to give birth to the end. The rapture of the church and the establishing of the last seven years of human history as we have known it. But then he said, but then also there's going to come this abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel in which there's going to be extreme anti-Semitism and there's going to be this great tribulation like the world has never seen, no, and never will again. It's never been seen on earth ever and it will never be seen like that again. And then he said, that is going to lead. So you got these these three sign markers, not the end, but the beginning of sorrows. Then the end comes, and then there's this great tribulation. The great tribulation we discovered last time is those last three and a half years of the seven years. Those seven years, when the end comes and the rapture of the church takes place, there's seven years, the last seven years of human history. And the, they're divided into two sections of three and a half years and three and a half years. The second three and a half years is what the scripture calls the great tribulation. There's tribulation in the first three and a half, but then there's great tribulation in the second three and a half. But then Jesus gave a fourth, a fourth marker. Listen to what he said. And this actually begins at uh, verse uh, 28. And uh, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 28, Matthew 24, verse 28. Um, and it goes like this. Wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He'll send forth His angels with the great sound of the trumpet, and they'll gather the elect from the four winds of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and grows leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you know that it is near even at the doors. For truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, 
but my father only. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And then verse 42, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord will come. Look what he's saying. When you see all these things, what we have talked about, leading up to the abomination of desolation, when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. So the times and seasons, they start off with the end's not yet. This is the beginning of the end. And then comes the end, and then comes the great tribulation. When you see these things, know it's really getting close. And dear ones, we're talking about this because we're seeing signs right now that lets us know we are as close as it's ever been, as it's ever been. And I know there are people say, oh, nothing's changed. Oh, yes, it has. As I mentioned last time, just in the last couple of years, there have been things that have taken place that have never happened in all of human history that is leading up to what the world calls the Great Reset. and But you got to understand, even Scripture talks about the world having that Great Reset, but God has His Great Reset that is even more significant. Now, let's take a look at what we mean by this term, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, and it's found in the book of Daniel, chapter 9. We're going to read verses 20 to 27. So go with me to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. It's right after the book of Ezekiel. My pages are all sticking together. Give me just a moment here. Daniel chapter 9. We're going to begin at verse 20. It reads thus. While I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, the holy mountain of God, Indeed, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, be, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. He informed me and talked with me and said, Daniel, I've now come to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I've come to tell you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. <clears throat> Seventy weeks have been determined for your people and upon your holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of the sins and to make atonement for iniquity and to bring in the everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the prince Messiah shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, and it shall be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of trouble. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off and shall have nothing. And the troops of the prince shall come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and it shall come with a flood, 
and until the end of the war, desolations are determined, and he shall make a firm covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the offerings to cease, and on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decree destruction is poured out on the desolators. Did you catch that? Jesus called it the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. And in this last sentence, and on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator. This is what Jesus was referring to. These events right here that he's talking about. Now let's break down what he's talking about. What he's talking about, 70 weeks are determined. Know therefore and understand uh, that uh, 70 weeks have been determined for your people and upon your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. 70 weeks. Now, each of these weeks stands for seven years. So there are 70 weeks, and each week stands for seven years, okay? Now, you have to understand something when you're figuring this out. They're using the Hebrew calendar. The Hebrew calendar only has 360 days to its year. So we're not talking about the Gregorian calendar that's used universally today. We're talking about the Hebrew calendar 360-day calendar, and we're talking that each week is seven 360 days, okay? And uh, so counting, he says, now, when it begins, notice what he says, know therefore, understand that from from the going forth of the command to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem until the Prince Messiah shall be seven weeks, and 62 weeks. And so the first week he's talking about is the week that goes from the command to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and to and to build the second temple. The first temple and the city of Jerusalem was destroyed in 586 BC by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army. But uh, in 445 BC, Artaxerxes who was the king of the Medan Persian Empire at that time, he gave the decree to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. That was in 445 B.C. Now, you've got got one week, so you've got seven sevens. That's 49 years, okay? So from 445 to 396 B.C. And that is during those years is when Nehemiah and Ezra brought Jews back to the, to the city of Jerusalem. They rebuilt, and the second temple was rebuilt. But then he said that there's a, there's a second section of 62 weeks when Messiah is going to be cut off. That's when Jesus is going to come. He's going to minister for three and a half years, and then he's going to be crucified, buried, and he's going to raise from the dead. When is that? Well, that's, that's 62. Two weeks, so that's 434 years. So that goes from 396 BC, okay, the, the completion of the rebuilding of the city, 
until 32 AD. That 434 years. And what is amazing is when you work this out, it works right out to the very day that Jesus Christ comes into the city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey to go into that last week when he's going to be examined every single day and the week's going to end with his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead. Those are the 69 weeks, but we've got, we've got a 70th week. That 70th week, what's that all about? Well, you got to understand the significance of that 70th week. Look what he talks about. <clears throat> After the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the troops of the prince who shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall come with a flood. And until the end of the war, desolations are determined. And he shall make a firm covenant with many for one week. Now he's talking about that 70th week. Remember, that week of seven years. That week of seven years. Well, where have you heard that before? Remember, Jesus said, it's the beginning of sorrows. It's the beginning. The end, is, the, the end is not yet. It's the beginning of sorrows. But then you go into that next season and then the end will come. The end comes and that sets up this 70th week. This 70th week. The rapture of the church sets up this 70th week. That last seven years that's divided into two, three and a half sections. Three and a half of tribulation, three and a half of great tribulation. The abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, that last three and a half, because look what happens. <clears throat> he shall make a firm covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week, three and a half years, in the middle of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the offering to cease and on the wings of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed destruction is poured out and on the desolator. So what happens in the middle of that, at the beginning, at the beginning of the seven years, this prince of the people who came to destroy, in other words, what he's talking about is, he's talking about there's going to come this empire that's going to be like the Roman Empire. Now, in the book of Revelation, it talks about there's going to be this federation in the last days of 10 regions of empire, and they're all going to give, all those 10 regions are going to give all their power and authority to one, so there'll be one ruler. We're going to talk about this in our next section, but he's going to make a covenant with Israel. He's going to make a covenant with Israel. But after three and a half years, he's going to break that covenant. A part of that covenant is they're going to be able to rebuild the temple. They're going to, they're going to build the third temple on the Temple Mount. And the worship of Almighty God in the old Hebrew way is going to be restored. There'll be sacrifices. There'll be all of that's going to be restored. And we see that happening right now. The Temple Institute. In fact, there's, there's great excitement right now. Uh, around the world because there are five red heifers that have been brought to Israel and those red heifers are absolutely 
required to be able to establish the priesthood and to establish the worship in the temple. The Temple Institute has been working towards rebuilding the temple for decades, and they are ready and prepared. They're just waiting for the, for the opportunity to be able to do it. This man's going to give them that opportunity. This covenant is going to give them that opportunity. They'll rebuild the temple. Sacrifice will be restored. But after three and a half years, this leader is going to break that covenant. He's going to cut off that sacrifice. And then he's going to set himself up in the temple to be worshipped as God, as if he were God. And that's the abomination of desolation. Because setting himself up in the temple to be worshipped as God is going to release on the earth the greatest disasters and uh, cataclysmic events that have ever happened in all of human history. The great tribulation will be released because in the temple of God is a man sitting to be worshipped as if he was God. Satan is going to empower him. Now, in our next session, we're going to look at that even a little bit more. Who is this guy? How does he behave? How does he get to that place of power? And what does this have to do with the UN and the Great Reset? We're going to talk about that more in our next session. I'm glad you've joined me today. Again, I want to remind you there are some resources that you can access beyond this podcast. You can go to fdeanhackett.com. That's all one word, fdeanhackett.com. Find my blog site there. Uh, uh, there's also uh, some, some of my sermons that are there. Uh, there's a reference to my books that are all available at Amazon. God bless you. Thank you for joining me in this podcast today. Thank you for joining us today. This Christ-centered biblical training is a ministry of Spirit Life Ministries. We hope that you are blessed by this podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. For more information or questions for Dr. Dean, please contact us at the website fdeanhackett.com.